previously on Reset Race. So I actually want to go back to the the big thing about history, Walter, because I, I know that you've been sitting on this for a little while, um, and I think it's really interesting. So you you had sort of mentioned, uh, you know, before your your idea that we should basically forget about history, or there's a time and a place for us to forget about history. Listening to Reset Race, you now tuned in the Reset Race. Uh, uh. You're listening to Reset Race, you're now tuned in the Reset Race. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Back on the grill again, we grilling them. You're listening to Reset Race, Adels need reparations to make America great. You're tuned in the Reset Race, we no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No. You're listening to Reset Race before we start our justice claim. We know what is at stake. Uh, you're tuned in to Reset Race to find out who really thought justice and really who fake. On the edge, go back to U.S. Southern plantations. Penny's, Jim Crow, and mass incarceration. Redlining lynchings, we are old from this nation. You're not about justice if you ain't for reparations. IMG, the wise one, cousin mother intellectual. Samantha bringing fire, anti-black repressing. Uh, no permanent friends and no permanent enemies. Enemies, the backbone of the country, the win. You need our energy. Ah. Go on, see. Listening to Reset Race. You now tuned in the Reset Race. Uh, uh. You're listening to Reset Race. You now tuned in the Reset Race. Uh, put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Back on the grill again. We grilling them. Up. You're listening to Reset Race. Adels need reparations to make America great. You're tuned in to Reset Race. We no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No. You're listening to Reset Race. We focused on our justice claim. We know what is at stake. You're tuned in to Reset Race. You'll find out who really about justice and really who fake. All right. Let's let's just go. Fuck it. I mean, my God single most uttered phrase on the left is, you know, the problem until we come to terms with our racist, sexist, capitalist, whatever, until we come to terms with our history, we can never do anything. Unless it is completely the opposite of truth. We should stop worrying about come to, coming to terms with our history, which is in every respect about this, like everybody else's history, bad and come to terms instead with what the requirements are of a truly public good. So the commitment to history is the source of justice and is dealing with it as the source of justice is intrinsically liberal and capitalist. It's a commitment to actually restoring to people private rights to property that they feel and may well be right have been unjustly taken from them. It's not as if the labor power of your great, 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 great grandparents wasn't stolen from you in slavery. And whatever you would have inherited from that wasn't stolen from you by slavery. It's not even as if the labor power of your great, great grandfather whose union bus was busted wasn't stolen from him by busting the union. John, slavery compared to union busting. <laughs> welcome, welcome. What the, why you wanna <laughs> Yo, first of all, like, all right, that's because I wasn't, I wasn't cussing enough, so I need you to come in and cuss some more. Um, well, well, first of all, I guess I would have to say, fuck this dude. Uh, 
This dude right here, first of all, like let's keep it real, man. He look like Steven Spielberg. <laughs> he, I said he, that. He, he look like he look like a poor ass version of I'm not saying I don't shame the poor people. He like a poor Steven Spielberg. Let's get that. Guys who hates niggas. For real, for real, really. And the barber. <laughs> hey, yeah, what? <laughs> this what y'all got me. You know what? That's why. I, see that? That's why I fall back. This is this is what this is why. Cause I try to stay away from this age. I don't want to get worked up dealing with this shit. This shit is crazy, but oh Jesus Christ! He just literally just compared. He literally just said that. He kind of just broke down like how wealth was stolen, extracted from our ancestors through slavery. And he was he was fake trying to compare it to like how it's similar to the quote unquote labor struggle. <laughs> like we wasn't trying to be a part of those unions, John. <laughs> and like black people wasn't working. Black people didn't work after slavery all the way until 1970. In New York and Philadelphia, blacks own less than 20% of the cabs. Government licensing closes the door to economic opportunity. Nearly a thousand occupations in the United States exclude people who do not have licenses. Sometimes the licenses cost money. Sometimes they require the applicant to pass complicated tests that have little to do with the job. Sometimes getting a license requires a friend in the business. All those licensing laws do just one thing, keep outsiders out. Those outsiders are often members of minority groups. Uh, back during the 30s and 40s, uh, there were practices uh, that, that were rampant in the South, particularly uh, in uh, the, uh, the former slaveholding states, uh, where blacks were specifically excluded by predominantly white unions. Example, electricians unions, plumbers unions, railroad farming unions, and at that time, uh, the, the records of history will demonstrate that uh, it was the purpose of white unions to exclude uh, blacks, uh, mi uh, minorities in general, from the workplace. Uh, in fact, there were statements specifically made in connection with uh, occupational licensing regulations that if this law is successful, it will have the effect of reducing to a minimum the involvement of blacks, or Negroes as they were called then, in the workplace. This is the Mount Zion United Methodist Church in Washington, D.C. Back in 1880, when Washington was still a segregated city, this beautiful building was built by black artisans, black plumbers, carpenters, and masons. And mind you, all working under black supervision. So are many other important public buildings in this city and in cities throughout the South. Today, that sounds remarkable. Even now, black people have a hard time breaking into the skilled construction trades. The fact is, in the late 1800s, black people were better represented in many of the skilled trades than they are today. Today, such blatant racism is illegal, and many union leaders would like to see more black workers in union jobs. But again, good intentions don't always produce good results. The effect of the government endorsing uh, collective bargaining and the closed shop concept within the union movement was that it uh, basically locked in place to a large degree for a generation or two to come uh, white domination of unions. And when you confer upon a union in effect monopoly rights to bargain collectively for the entire workforce, uh, they in effect can lay out the conditions, they can set the price uh, for their labor, uh, and they can control entrance uh, to that particular industry. Restrictive labor laws are just like minimum wages in some ways. 
In effect, they force inexperienced workers to charge more for their labor and thus keep them from competing for jobs. There are many examples, but one of the most infamous is the Davis-Bacon Act, passed in the racist days of 1931, but still in force today. The Davis-Bacon Act is a 50-year-old law passed during the Depression, the purpose of which was to prevent employers from undercutting wages at a time when it was very much a seller's market in employment, a very high unemployment rate, and it was a worker protection act. Now, it's very much outdated today because the Davis-Bacon Act, 50 years later, has become a union protection act. The net effect of the Davis-Bacon Act today is that it favors union construction firms. Most blacks are in non-union construction firms or are independent tradesmen. Davis-Bacon excludes them from most government contracts. Was the Davis-Bacon Act of 1931. And the Davis-Bacon Act says that all workers in federally funded or federally assisted construction projects must be paid the prevailing wage. And if you look on page 6513 of the Congressional Record <laughs> on March 31st, 1931, you'll, you'll see congressional testimony where congressmen will say, see that contract over there? He brings cheap colored labor up from the South, puts them in cabins, and it's labor of that sort that has to compete, that white Americans are competing against. It was all kinds of testimony in support of the Davis-Bacon Act that's, that, was, that demonstrated mm. that they wanted to keep blacks out of construction. Wow. And see the tragedy of it is that the Davis-Bacon Act is still on the books today. And, and, and uh, another part of the tragedy is that black congressmen they also support the Davis-Bacon Act. Now, they support the Davis-Bacon Act because unions want the Davis-Bacon Act. Now, the, the people who support the Davis-Bacon Act today, they just don't use the same rhetoric. They use a more enlightened rhetoric mm -hmm. in support of, of the Davis-Bacon Act. And the crazy part is, <laughs> the crazy part, it's like he's trying to treat us like we, we were the poor white people on the plantation working next to the slaves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, we was property, motherfuckers. <laughs> and first of all, it was a racist institutions that we, we were literally property. There was no, there, there is no comparison to somebody being oppressed under a certain economic system to you being property in that system, whether it be any type of system. So like, it's, it's a way, it is a way to make white people feel better to fight for the union and, and put the race shit to the side. And other black people that I want to deal with race and other people of color that I want to deal with, you know, so it's, it, it's, it's that way, so you know, I'm gonna be quiet, man. That's all I got to say. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and open up that bottle. I feel you, you know, I'm, 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 I'm right on point because you missed, you missed how I started the show. I said Jacobin should be called the We Hate Niggas channel because that's low key what it, that's low key what it is. That's it just is, not bro. how they put it, but it is that's, what it is. It is. That's fucked and, up. And and they like, and they got a Vietnamese refugee descendant leading uh, the charge against niggas. That ain't um, that ain't that ain't that that people of color coalition y'all love so much. Don't y'all come at me in the comments. It's okay, uh, and I'm not. And, about I'm not gonna, and I no no, it's not Kim Irison. It's the other one. It's the uh, oh no, not her. The, it's the, the Asian yeah. one that the one that's the head mm -hmm. of the. She's okay. Vietnamese too, though, right? Or am I mixing her up with Kim Irison? No, nah, no, nah, I think she, I think she might be Chinese or Korean or something like that. But she definitely. I don't know what I'm she not. is. Sorry, <laughs> then maybe I'm nah. wrong. But either way, she can't be more than second generation, and she hates us. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Nah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm yeah. Out. 
but and I'm not even gonna let Mud edit this one because he's gonna edit it out. Mud be over there like Edward Scissorheads. Mud the RZA. I ain't gonna lie. And this Wu Tang claim Mud the RZA. Like he, he the RZA and the Jizza. Like he, he the he the mind and the you know you know. Okay, we got anything else on this? Because because John pretty much said what I had to say. Like you know, how dare you compare the same? Like again, when was the genocide of workers? Well, and the other thing is. Okay, so you want to compare, you want to imagine that workers are just white people and then black folks, we're just not going to talk about that. Okay, let's just stick with that for a minute so that the slow-witted who, who think that's how it is think that way. So white people who chose to came, come to the, to the Americas, murder everybody who was here, and then enslave some other people to come and make them do work for them, later have labor conditions that are not optimal for them. And so you're 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 saying those folks we should feel bad for these folks who voluntarily came to this country, committed genocide to start committing additional waves of genocide, and people who who were a part of that that you know sea of blood by by not by choice are in the same situation. So essentially, the victims of that violence are in the same exact situation as the people who perpetrated it. Identical, and you see that as identical, right? This is, this is what, this is helpful because it shows you what no history means. So what no history means is now I have two dimensions, they're, they're cartoons, and because black folks are slaves over here, my cartoon gets to make workers white folks. So I don't even have to say that black folks are lazy. I just created this thing and you can fill in the blanks yourself. You can have your racist tropes inserted inside of it. So it's not just about no history. It's about not having a third or a fourth dimension. This is about cartoon history. All righty, y'all. What you got, Mud? Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, it's also when, you know, like you were saying, Sam, we were workers too. We were part of unions and we were also excluded from unions. You know I mean, a lot of the, those race riots that happened were basically because black people showed up to work jobs when unions right. were on strikes and they decided they were just gonna burn down a whole goddamn town, you know? So- Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean- or, or pretend somebody raped a white woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah, so- Gabriel's right. Like this is it's this this is what you can do when you're not really when you're not taking history into account. You can just create and it's 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 funny because he was the first, like at first they were complaining about like this unnuanced understanding of uh what happened with the New Deal. But then like right. they get to they get to like look at the the totality of American history in this like undetailed way and and just say fuck it. it none of it really matters you know let's just start fresh if you murder someone in your living room and you hide the body under a carpet <laughs> it's not gonna go away you can clean around the, you can clean around that carpet as much as you like there's still gonna be a body under there there's still gonna be a smell forever <laughs> 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 
until you deal with it, until you deal with that body under your carpet, you're going to have that smell. You're describing the psychological state of fake Steven Spielberg, which is if, <laughs> if what we did wrong, if we wait long enough, it'll rot and disappear. So we'll just create distractions and but pour some But this has lot. always been the gameplay, right? And this is my frustration, right? Y'all have been doing this since the end of slavery. We are not letting this go. And we're just getting angrier and madder and madder. And I'm probably going <laughs> to... Like, I have nothing... I For you, I leave nothing. Like, I got nothing for you at this point. Like, I got nothing. But check this out, though. This this is what they do, though. Like the thing about it is that they like to bring it back to the, this whole time in history. Basically, they try to bring it back to the time when we were enslaved and capitalism, where white people were being stupidly exploited. Though, but this is the thing, though, right? This is the thing. Even though this kind of form of capitalism back then was like a hard, that was it was a very harsh form of capitalism. We definitely mm-hmm. was the glue to hold it together. These poor white people, if they had enough money. You could buy an Indian. An Indian yes. could not buy you. <laughs> my, so it's, my black ass mama is 36% Irish. We ain't got no white family members. So that's the thing, though. <laughs> that's the thing that they keep talking about. Like, we've been, we been exploited and blah, 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 and blah. You were not chattel slaves. Like, you know what I mean? You were being exploited by this certain system of capitalism which keeps us on the bottom and keeps us fighting. By the end of the day, there is a racial component that you want to ignore because just because your poor white family, yes, they were suffering, but the thing about it, if you had enough money, if you was a poor white, you could rent a slave. There were a lot of poor white people. And they did. They was renting slaves. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of poor white families, a quote unquote middle class white family that had one slave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Somebody somebody getting exploited by capital by the white, his bosses, but he still had enough money to go rent him a Negro. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like Nobody is not talking about this shit like so what the fuck are you talking about? And then when we got free, we already know the other shit. That, so it's, I ain't going to lie. Baby Steven Spielberg need to make Indiana Jones 6 and stop talking about Negroes. <laughs> That's all I got to say. This is some bullshit. <laughs> stop it. You got me stop. Anybody got anything else? Because I need, I need some libation. So y'all got to bear with me for a second. You know, if we put, um, I guess we're calling him Baby Steven Spielberg now, which I love. Yeah. If we put baby yeah. name in the comments, <laughs> as well as these other folks, then if people look at that and they're like, hmm, for some reason, that seems like a weird conversation I just saw. And they Google some stuff, they'll end up here. And then, yeah. you know, clarity. And, and I, you know, I hold out hope for that because I think in the end lies are lies and like talking dumb is talking dumb. And no matter what your position is you just can only watch that garbage for so long before you're like i don't know i've been eating like that dude who ate like mcdonald's for like a month and and almost died you know you're like i've been in the in dsa for six months now and i feel really sick you know like you just will have a sense that you're not getting the the proper political nourishment you need that's true um i don't know if that's kind of a high in the sky hope but I do think there are more you know and more what, people. To be honest, you got to have some type of hope, right? Because if we didn't have hope, we wouldn't do this. Like, as, fa- as much as a fatalist as I am, there's no way I could do this if I didn't have some hope. It may be a little bit, but it's something that I hold on to. We gotta but keep maybe I just want to be able to look at my kids and tell them that I tried. 
That's what I'm saying. And you just don't know until the end. I mean, you look at the history and read the letters and all that stuff, like on the verge of emancipation, how dead set people were against it. And and I think mm -hmm. of reparations and I'm like, you know, I don't know that it's that much different of a time we live in. I think that people still have. So either. Yeah, it's like it's really just the second wave or some would say like the fourth or fifth. But to me, it's it's like, OK, you you free people now give back what you took from them. I mean, I, exactly. to me, it's real. It's kind of real simple in that sense. It just, um, but in any like, event, I, I they, it, it makes me think of the um, Japanese internment camp video that Mud just did. And it's like, we're in the same kind of moment because we're here, yeah. like they gave them the same argument. It's also similar. So I feel like the reason why we're getting so much pushback now is because we're making a dent. Because if you think about it, the only thing that people have organized around in the past year was after George Floyd and that was around black issues. That was around right. black justice. Right. Yeah, I think that's That right. wasn't a class march. Nope. Class issues in America don't, no one cares about that, honestly. I mean, it's- You know why? Because in America, it. nobody understands class. Right. There's a bunch, okay. So I was literally watching a video talking about these projects in Watts, which now have been torn down. And this family should have been moved into the new ones because I know where they are. But she was basically like, oh, we're not poor. But she like was living in the projects for 30 years and like barely has enough money to do anything. But she was like, well, we have a roof over our head. And John's shaking his head because he know. So like pe people in America don't understand class. Like people who are poor think they're middle class. So right. having class discussions doesn't work. Like, right. you know, people think that they're like, have, like I used to talk about eating the rich all the time in my, um, in my philosophy class. And this Republican 18 year old white girl would be like, well, I was like, listen, I don't want to eat your dad. Like, I understand he has like a small business and like you work for him. Like your dad is not my problem. I'm talking about fucking Jeff Bezos. Like, you know what I mean? Like your dad's little under 200000 or under $300,000 a year is not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about eat the rich. Right. Like, but she you was just her. like, oh, it's like, you know, oh my gosh, she couldn't take it. Why does it always have to be a race? Man, when shit hit the fan after COVID, I know she was looking around like, that black bitch was right. Because I told her, <laughs> I was like, I was like, if shit don't change, you going to see some shit. I was like, oh. Because we, oh, yeah, no, oh my God. Because she was trying to be my friend and I had to tell her like, listen, I've known white people my whole life. You're like an 18 year old white girl. You're going to want to be my friend for the duration of this class. And after that, you won't want to be my friend anymore. Like, I don't have the mental, I don't have the, I don't have the emotional, I don't, what's the word I want to use? I don't have the interest in wasting the emotional energy on you because I know that you're not a person that's going to stay in my life because I've known white women like you my whole life. There's a reason why at, 37 I made my first white lady friend I grew up with white people <laughs> there's a difference this is the first friend like I I be at this white lady house all the time we go to eat I hang out with her family like like I be there <laughs> that's a friend not like we just talk every now and again and we kind of know each other and she show up at a zoom like it's different so yeah that's some bullshit 
But yeah, okay, let's get back to this video. Like I said, I can't do it. She was just like, Sam, you're so mean. I was like, I'm not mean. I was like, I'm black and I'm grown. Like, you're like, I'm damn near twice your age. <laughs> it's the truth, though. 36. It's the truth. It's no, I was, I'm 36. But damn, I guess I was 35 at the time. But still, I was damn near twice her age. Like, one of my philosophy teachers had to let me know, like, you know, Sam, you gotta stop beating up on the kids. Like, you gotta remember, you know a lot more than this. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was in, I was in there ripping heads off, especially because the class was like ninety percent Hispanic, and they thought racism was over. And I was like, "That's because y'all live in L.A. Y'all better never leave L.A. Because when y'all get in the real world, where y'all not the majority, you are gonna see what time it is." All right, let's get back to the play, and therefore should have been inherited by you. All that's true. All that's liberal private property. None of this has anything to do with socialism. Socialism does not rest on how, you know, you got ripped off. Socialism rests on an idea of the public good that has nothing to do with restoring to you rights that have been deprived from you in the past or even in the recent present. I know that's not a lot of it, but... Um, this is what we do. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Adolf Reed is here? I, go, I can see this Adolf Reed pop. This makes oh, no one yeah. bad. Go ahead, please. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. no. Y'all right. oh, needs a minute. I feel like I could just jump in yeah, on right, anything, right? Right. <laughs> you. You saw the 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 pullback to the whole. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see. Table. I seen the black Steven Seagal ponytail. I seen. I seen the crick keeper. <laughs> I'm having, I got PTSD when I see this motherfucker. <laughs> Mother, He's Mother, triggered. TV that gave me PTSD about Adolf Reed and then doing it. I got PTSD. My bad, Gabe. Go ahead, Gabe. I didn't mean, cut you off. Do you have, Sam, do you have an 800 number for John right now? For his <laughs> Man, I know, right? Some bullshit. Go ahead, Gabriel. Go ahead. That's why I can't. I, this is like, I'm, I'm going to You're put a timer on my phone for the next segment and I'll be quiet for like a minute. Because they no, he says you know a what? sentence it, it and I'm happens. at it. Go ahead. No, this is what we do. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, bro. So I I um I said at the very beginning of this that I'm a I'm a social democrat uh in terms of my political orientation. What that means is if America I can't be that. I don't have the luxury of actually living that political framework because America won't act right. If it did, I believe in being a social democrat is not being a democratic socialist. It's not being an American kind of Euro socialist, whatever people talk about. It's about you solve socialism is like we need to make sure everyone's OK. How are we going to do that? Oh, the government needs to start a company. Fine. We're going to do that. Oh, wait, the utilities are trying to take money from people. We're going to take the utilities over and we're going to stop that. It's like a real pragmatic approach to things. We're going to nationalize Amazon. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to we're going to make Facebook a public utility like Ma Bell. Like you just solve problems. It's real pragmatic. When baby Steven Spielberg says um, like, oh, talking about wages and stuff like that. That's not what, you know, law, stolen wages or whatever. That's not socialism. That's the biggest lie that's ever been told so far. He's told several lies. Maybe there's no such thing as history is the biggest one. Number two is that socialism doesn't care about your individual uh, resources. That's all socialism is about. Socialism doesn't care about 
government having resources. It doesn't care about companies having resources. All of that is in the service of the individual. It's the crypt keeper. Fuck this dude. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree completely with Walter on that. I mean, I think that um, what's um, what's strategically useful, right, about or pragmatically helpful about studying history, right? Uh, I'm intellectually, but also I mean politically. Like I mean intellectually, like we all agree that knowing is better than not knowing, and like getting the story more or less straight is better than not. And what's what what that relates to as as um, part of the political challenge um, is um, de denaturalization and demystification of four decades or the products of four decades now of neoliberal ideological hegemony and institutional hegemony, which has produced the common sense. And that takes us back. back, back. Who is he talking to? He's using all these big words. Like if you're just like an average regular person who didn't go to college, do you know what he's talking about? Um, Killmonger, what were you saying about people talking a certain way so they think they sound smart, but they're not? I, I, I remember you saying something about this about Bree Bree. I feel like this is an Adolf thing too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody who falls into this position leans on this particular trope of the I uh, I use big words, therefore I'm more intelligent than others, or I, I'm extremely degreed, therefore I am correct irrespective of my arguments. This is a very, very common trope amongst the pets of white people, which Young Dolph yes. Yes. is one of them. Old oh, Dolph. No, he's not Young Dolph. He's Old Dolph. Because remember, he has a junior. That's facts. So we got Old Dolph and Young Dolph. <laughs> Baby Dolph. Daddy Dolph. Baby Dolph. All right, All right. Let's let's get back to this. Sorry, I had a. I, I'm sorry, I fucked up where we were, but we we're back to the Crypt Keeper, so we should be around about the same spot. Back back uh, back to the public good idea. Uh, public good idea. Right. Also, I mean, the idea, what the notion, and yeah, I mean, Christianity, crazy ass fucking uh, individualist, um, um, uh, I mean, Christianity has something to do with this too. Uh, but the idea that many people are walking around this country now believing that, you know, my right, uh, my self-conferred right, and like T-Ray points out that probably most of his students think that they, you know, that their rights come from God or from themselves. Um, uh, and if not most, at least a plurality. Uh, but, but parrot, uh, you know, that I have an individual right, uh, you know, not to feel like a wimp. Hey, I was like, yo, first of all, I want him to finish his but is it? But does this thing have Alzheimer's? Because he takes so long to get to the point. You talking so much bullshit? You forgot what type of bullshit? <laughs> he just be stammering. I, he's about to get to a point, but fuck. It's a lot of work. Jesus, these Jacobin videos are. Terrible. I hate Bree Bree, but Jesus. But again, what do you expect? Because isn't Jacobin's owned by the uh by the racist 
the racist Indian dude, right? Who was it for reparations? This is, you know, well, okay, you want to go back? Because I want to say something about that, but I can wait. I can say this anytime. This is what I want to say. You know how I was saying before, it almost doesn't matter what they're saying. This is, these people are car salesmen. And I mean it specifically in this way. A car salesman actually doesn't care what he says to you about anything. The point that a car salesman, and in this way, they're kind of like, like really cheap cult leaders. They just keeping you in the store so that you start to get a little dehydrated. You start to get a little tired. You're a, a little, little hungry. You know, oh, it's I don't sell eat cars. I know after the game. hours. Fuck yeah. You're confused. And that's what he, like he's 13, like. 13, 14 hours. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you start to be like, maybe he's right. Maybe my my liberalness is hegemoniacal or something. You know, like you're not even thinking about, like you don't know, but he, it's like, I don't know what you're saying, but I think you're correct, sir. Brainwashing. You sound smart. You sound smart. Right. It's a black dude who's saying, fuck the niggas, and I agree with this, so he's R- my right. nigga. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to play this shit. I'm sorry. Again. But hey, yo, Sam, but time out, but time out before you, before okay. you go, though. I, this is what, this is what Adolf Reed is. He is the left wing Thomas Sowell. This is what this nigga is doing. This shit is, this shit is fucking nuts, man, what he's doing, man. He's basically talking about being in a post racial society and now the neolibs are using race to fight us against each other when race never got solved from the civil rights movement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's trying to act like, you know, those hundreds of years did not happen. He's basically doing the same shit the right wing do. Low oh, key, oh like, yo, no, just, no, no. John, 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 hold on. John, hold down, because the, the, the Trinidadian, the Trinidadian white man, I'm not going to call him what he really is, because I don't want to offend the community. What 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 happened? But but oh oh but but he but John 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 pour another shot. Let's go ahead and roll back to this video because John when he say it, I'm gonna stop it for you. John gets to go first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, oh, and I'm gonna throw it to you because you gonna. I I watched this video like three times because, like I said, after listening to this video, I was just like, okay, if this how y'all feel, we can rock. Is that bad? <laughs> oh shit! I told you, I told you, I told you after watching this shit, I was awesome wanting to channel my ancestors' slave revolt shit. Like I was like, let's grind up some glass and put it in people's food. Let's fucking <laughs> let's let's start let's start poisoning poison in these drinks. Yeah, why you got to be? We made it through ten minutes. I I knew it was gonna be some bullshit. This is how we end up doing marathons. Uh, you know that I have an individual right, uh, you know, not to feel like a wimp for wearing a mask or getting vaccinated because uh, because um, Doctor uh, I mean Jenny McCarthy told me that vaccines are bad, and that that right trumps pub, no pun intended. Um, concerns with the public health or that I have a right to, you know, walk into a, a downtown mall with two AR-15s and a bazooka uh, just is testament to how 
badly we have lost on uh, in the public realm, right? Um, uh, on the struggle over public good, right? I mean, but I just wrote a couple of days ago that you know three of Thatcher's most most infamous dicta are the one about there's no such thing as society, right? Only individuals mm -hmm. and their families, uh, and then um, you know the quip that that um, uh, that an economics is the R, as you put it, because he's a Brit, uh, the method, the point is to change the soul. And the third was when asked uh, to reflect on her greatest accomplishment, she said, Tony Blair, because we got our opposition to, to change their minds. Well, they've won across the board on that. And the number one objective for us, I think now, uh, to build the left. See, 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 here's problem number one, right? Um, is that leftists in this? Hey, hey, that's another thing, man. I gotta just say one thing. This, this guy's a hardcore lefty, and like the analogy, he was caught. He was quoting Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> basically, Margaret Thatcher is basically the white lady version of Ronald Reagan and shit. That's basically who she is. Margaret Thatcher, yes, who said there Margaret is no there is, is no, there is no money. There's 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 no money. There's only public money. Like but, he basically no. saying there is no government money. Fuck you. Yeah, Margaret no, no, Thatcher. I'm not, not wow. going to take his words out of context. He was using it as a way, like Margaret Thatcher did. He's trying to tie it into neoliberalism and blah blah. But like he didn't put that context in it. He didn't put that. Con he just like Margaret Thatcher did this and to get to his little point. Like he did. Like real. This is some old bull. This is some dog whistling. Some old bullshit right here. I'm sorry. Like, he brought up Margaret Thatcher. Was like he was like Margaret Thatcher is a horrible person. This is she's using race to divide the class. He ain't bring that up. He just like Margaret Thatcher did this, did this. So if you're not listening, if you're listening a certain way, you'll be like, oh yeah, well Margaret Thatcher. See that he's doing he's playing games. Right, that's all I got. I'm done. I, this nigga is terrible. I can't take this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm logging off. I'm going. I'm going to sleep after this shit. Man. This shit is terrible. For real. All right, so. I'm about to move into a broken clock moment with Adolph Reed. So let's let him go. In this, by and large, or people who identify with the left. This is, and this is a usage that, uh, I mean, Samir Santi is uh, suggesting that we propagate P W I T <laughs> I T L or whatever the fuck it is. It's not going to work. Right. I'll get it straight. But no, look, look, look well, some other groups take a third of the alphabet. So, <laughs> uh, but but um, but what people don't just don't want to take in, right, is that no matter how dire things are, you can't do what you need to do until you've done what you need to do before you get to do what you need to do, right? And and I know that might sound like Charles, what's his name, and a watch on a third street band, but but. But one of the reasons that things are so dire is that the left hasn't been doing the work of trying to build a movement that's actually rooted in places and people with names and addresses and organizations and institutions the way the right has for the last. My bad. What do y'all go ahead? No, if you got something, I'm going to skip all the bullshit he said before and be like, okay, broken clock. I agree. We need to create institutions. But I create no institutions with these motherfuckers you talking about. They're really all just salesmen. And what they're selling, you have to be basically like 
undergraduate college age to buy into it, really. And I, I think that's almost any, you know, white, white folks, black folks, anybody. I think if you started to live in the world, you're 35 and you're sitting down for the first time and you're like, well, let me see what these folks are saying about this stuff. You're not even going to spend that much time on it because it's like, I don't understand. This isn't even making sense. Why is he talking about Margaret Thatcher right now? I thought we were talking about the left. Like there's, it, it doesn't even track intellectually. What I've noticed amongst like content creators on the left is this need to both sides racism. Like, well, you know, you have the extreme black people over here and you have the extreme yeah. white people over here. You know, you have, well, black people do this thing bad and white people do this thing bad. And like, as I look through their comment section, this is the type of rhetoric that gets the most positive response from white people. When you can criticize both white people and black people at the same time. I don't know why white people are so into no, that, but they are. No, it's the school system <laughs> right now, Josiah. So on Twitter, there is this video going around where this white woman was talking about the pros and cons of slavery. And it's the both sides of having to be able to talk about positive things about both sides. To, you have to be able to look at both sides of the argument to come to a conclusion. Do the Holocaust. Do the Jewish Holocaust next. Mm -hmm. Tell Black Americans, tell, Amer tell Jewish people who are the first generation descendants of Holocaust survivors, what was the good in their family members dying in the Holocaust? I would never. But I want you to explain the good and bad of both sides and explain how, you know, those millions of people dying was a good thing. I would never. Mm -hmm. Explain to me how interning Japanese people in the US was a good thing. Give me that side. This is only a conversation you have about black issues. Somebody literally posted something on Twitter talking about, of course, the descendants of the people, of course, the people, the people's grandparents who didn't want black people to go in the schools in the 1950s and 60s. Of course, they're the people now who don't want their grandchildren to learn the history of them being those people. Can we start doing some face recognition software on these lynching photos? These people are still alive. Let's get some justice. Murder, statutes on murder is forever. If I go and kill somebody, if I kill Gabriel, if I fly to where Gabriel lives and kill him tomorrow, 50 years from now, when my ass is 87, damn near 90, they can still put me in jail for murder. Murder's forever. Let's go. I want some black justice. Treat them like Negroes. Treat That's them like fucking saying. terrorists. <laughs> Treat them like the fucking Taliban. I want to see a bunch of geriatric motherfuckers dragged off the fucking prison like you do with the fucking Nazis. With the fucking Nazi Germans who were leading the camp. These people are no different. Let's go. Today, a former Nazi went on trial charged with 300,000 counts of accessory to murder. German prosecutors are pursuing more than a dozen aging Nazis under a new legal theory that death camp workers can be held accountable for the Holocaust even if they didn't murder anyone with their own hands. Mark Phillips is covering the trial. Oscar Gruning now, 
a frail 93-year-old man with a dark past. Oscar Gruning then, a member of the Waffen-SS, the most Nazi of the Nazis, stationed at Auschwitz. Hetty Bohm now, here on the right, an 86-year-old grandmother. Hetty Bohm then, a teenager deported to Auschwitz with more than 400,000 other Hungarian Jews, where the vast majority, including both her parents, were murdered. Oscar Gruning says he didn't directly kill anybody that he was just a cog in the Nazi murder machine. But without cogs, machines don't run. There's no expiry date on justice. That's what lawyer Thomas Walter tells those who ask him about the prosecution of the last surviving Nazis. He's representing the descendants of the victims of the Holocaust at the trial of a 100-year-old man known only as Joseph S. in the dock for his role in the murder of thousands of people more than 70 years ago. A 96-year-old woman who was a secretary in a Nazi concentration camp is in custody in Germany tonight. She was arrested after going on the run from her care home to avoid charges of complicity in the murder of more than 10,000 people. Ermgard Fuchner was just a teenager when she worked for the commandant of a camp in occupied Poland. Now to the deportation overnight of a New York man. Officials are calling the last surviving Nazi collaborator. Authorities say the 94-year-old came here in 1949, hiding his past as an armed guard in a brutal Nazi prison camp. He was stripped of his citizenship years ago, but he remained here in the U.S. That is until now. You're not wrong about about any of that, and and that's the problem. So when we talk about reparations, people, um, it's just unfortunate we can't have the serious conversations we need to because reparative justice also means just coming to terms with the truth, and that's what you're talking about now, and that's why Germany is able to do anything today, is because they faced what happened, and if you walk around Germany, you're going to get. You're not going to have statues of Hitler with both sides commentary about should we take it down or should it stay up? You're going to get taught about this horrible chapter in the history of Germany. And until we come to terms with that, that's part of reparative justice. The repair includes in the past. And it's not just the white folks who have been here. You can trace them back six or seven, eight generations. Just like their you know, culture transmits in profound ways. And you have two choices in America. You can be black or you can be white. And there's not anything else. Like there, this is this any anyone who says, well, what about the brown or the this or the that are being obtuse. They're being intentionally not looking at what they don't want to look at, which essentially is they're being white. It's like you're choosing the 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 kind of uh, psychic break of to get what I want materially, I'm gonna not have my own thought process. I'm not going to think for myself. I'm not going to make moral choices. I'm going to give everything up for this economic security. But the truth is you're black or you're white. So my, my community, the Italian American community went hella white. There's a, there's a window of time that in the, it starts in the 1800s and it ends sometime around 1920, 1930, where there was some debate where Italians naturally were attracted to black American culture. That's where we started. But at some point we got, you know, what white people say is we got smart, right? Where it's like, oh, this is, we're running into a lot of problems. Y'all got the memo. Y'all got we the We got memo. the memo. And we overachieved. I mean, so we go from, I mean, you got people who are fighting for, 
wonderful, stirring speeches about how we're all brothers and sisters in 1890. And in 1930, the whitest white people were Italians. 1940, you had, there were fascists, they were, they were little Mussolini schools. You could go, you could go to school, to the fascist school and get a fascist education in America. And that was it. We, and we never looked back. Our struggle, the work I do now is trying to get Italian Americans to realize that like, we, we got brainwashed through some stuff and we've confused our culture with white supremacy. And you've got to unpack all of that. Not everybody likes that. That's crazy, Gabe. I, did, I, did, I, I, I forgot. Gabe is Italian. <laughs> is yeah, Italian. Oh, so I'm from Georgia. I grew up with a lot of Italians. In the, that like, came out. Now John me. knows me. What, once John realized that, he's like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, okay. Italian. So <laughs> I the Italians are some of the most loving, caring, racist people on the planet Earth. Right. I, 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 understand how, I understand how Italians came into whiteness, though. But, like, at, you know what I mean? Like, and I understand. I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Though. Like, but at the end of the day, like I think that when it comes to when it comes to the Germany and, and the Jew, they had the, it had some called after World War II had the Hindenburg trials with, you know what I mean? Like they was finding everybody that was on some Nazi shit, they was on your ass. And then till this day, like real shit, I might this might get me banned from Israel. I want to go there. I heard the Holy Land. It's like to this day, if you say some shit about Israel. Some niggas gonna they gonna come. I'm sorry, I don't know you're gonna cut it out. They're gonna come find you. The Maasai. <laughs> they don't play no, they, they're gonna come find you. Like immediately do not play games. So yep. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Joey. Hey Joey, imagine after Jim Crow, we had the Jim Crow trials. You understand right. that everybody is going to jail. You understand? For for Jewish people, they kind of they made a real attempt of real restitution, like. I mean, like, even though it's not the exact same thing, it is a, a dichotomy between those two things. So that's all I got to say about that shit. Let's just say that the that Jewish people who descend from the Holocaust descend from from a genocide, and Black Americans yeah. have gone through genocide in this country. So we don't have to play the oppression Olympics. Let's just call that's a genocide right. a genocide. No, you're right. And, and I do think that there's a need for criminal prosecution. I think when you talk about reparative justice, that has to be a part of it. I, I'll, I'll say that I think it's um, almost impossible to imagine before the economic piece. I think you need, I, I think black folks need economic parity first so that congressmen listen to black folks the same way they listen to white folks. And then you can start talking about the opiate trials. But that that's also why we have to move fast on reparations because these people may still be alive, but not for that much longer. I mean, we probably have a pretty small window of time where there are still some people, and it's critical to all our children. Thirty years. All our children, 30, to see that, like thirty years, we have like yeah. thirty years within thirty to four, within thirty to forty years, we will we have, we will have lost the Jim Crow generation, and we can't lose them. They're too important to us because our children and grandchildren have to see them come to justice. Otherwise, everything we're saying is a lie. And that's why little white kids are crazy because they they see, you know, people say one thing, but then they see like all children. Children recognize the hypocrisy of adults. And when it's a, a hypocrisy about caring for human beings, they're like, oh, mom and dad say I should love everyone. But then I learn this history and then I see how they talk about these people they piece it together. And so that pathology grows inside of you and it's wildfire. You can't control it. So next thing you know, they're going to their school 
with a, a semi-automatic weapon to kill the girl who didn't want to go on a date with them. And everyone says, I don't understand what happened. You can't control racism. It's just hate. It's unbridled. So once you teach that to a child, they're going to use that however they're going to use it. And so they start doing other crazy stuff, including self-destructive behavior. And it's like, we don't understand what went wrong. We gave them the best of everything. Well, you also gave them the best racism money can buy. So that has a problem. You know, there's a consequence to that action. For sure. And yeah. that's what I wanted to say. Um, James Baldwin has been telling you guys about this forever. Like, it's not just me that's the fire next time. It's you too. The Capitol riots, right? fire next time. Right. Welcome to it. Like, right. like, he said, like, slavery didn't just damage us. It damaged white people too. Like, the levels of right. cruelty that you now know that you're capable of, of getting away with. Right. The, the fact that you know nobody else in the world will even challenge you on that. Having that kind of power damages you and it damages your children. Every generation, you your children have done more extreme things. This is why we've gotten to the point where they're bringing bombs to school. Yes. And they don't need to. They have all the resources. You have 90% of the resources in America. You have no reason to feel at, at, ill at ease for any reason. Like you have, you have everything. No, it's the cruelty that's built into your grouping. It's really not like an individual thing. The, the fact that you have to look up to people who you know have done horrible things, that excuses you to do horrible things. And it's up to you to decide what the context, what the situation that calls for you to do horrible things. You get to decide that. It destroyed you. Either we're gonna pay these reparations or we're gonna all burn. It was our bad. Hey Joey. Hey Joey, I'm with you, Joey. No, I've been saying this, I've been saying this for a while. I've been saying this as long as we've been doing this show. You motherfuckers like to start the fires, y'all like to run in, y'all. We all be in the house, y'all like to start setting the curtains on fire and shit. Y'all be sitting around, you know, throwing gasoline around, seeing y'all like to run up out the house. Those days are over. Black folks are chaining every fucking lock on the door because we know we can't get out, but we're going to make sure you motherfuckers burn with us. You're going to burn to the ground. Either either we either we go down together, because like Mercer Broderon said, the only people who deal with real capitalism in this country are black folks. Y'all keep talking about socialism, but I have not seen a socialism plan, a socialist plan, that raises poor whites in Appalachia out of poverty. Until I see one, I'm not getting in front of my people to take arrows, daggers, and knives to say, no, nah, we shouldn't fight for this. We should jump in with these motherfuckers. For what? We, y'all got boats. We have fucking driftwood with motherfucking holes in it. We're already dying. Y'all are dying too. Y'all are dying of opioids. Y'all are overdosing. Y'all are killing y'all Welcome to us. So either we all die together or we gonna get it together and we gonna fight like hell to survive. But black people again, like I'm gonna keep saying this this whole episode, we built for this. Now, would we like to have a much better world and would we like for this to be easy? But can we live through shit being really bad? Yeah. A lot of us are going to die, but you're going to die too. Two-thirds of a century. 
uh, and people, so that feeds a fantasy like if we can just elect more Kashamas who want AOCs, whatever the fuck, I mean, I'll do it. Or we got to figure out what kind of position to take about Biden and never really get to the movement building work. And only, and we're not going to go anywhere except the concentration camps unless we eventually start doing that work, right? Um, and and that takes us back to the public good question too, or, or what, I mean, the issue of the public good. And I think, uh, I mean, history is demystification is quite helpful. I mean, people um, by and large, well, I mean, what, I mean, the younger and younger they get, like the less likely they are to recall that there used to be something called a weekend, <laughs> right? Or a 40 hour week, right? Or I mean, much less, uh, I mean, the history of, of of jobs and work and 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 how social categories like the employee have come come into existence, uh, but that's all part of the organizing work. I mean that's not. Uh, I mean that's certainly not. Excuse me, excuse me, old man. What is an employee? Um, we are independent <laughs> contractors. We are. What is, what's the other thing that they call? We're gig economy workers. We're um, not freelancers. They don't call you freelancers. Uh, I forgot what the word is. But it's, no, no, but you're perpetual freelancers. Like you don't get real right. jobs. Like you just are right. perpetually independent contractors. What, what, is, what is a job, old man? What does an employee? <laughs> I, 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 I don't speak. I don't speak Crip Keeper. I don't speak Crip Keeper. Can you please explain? You to me what a fucking. <laughs> please explain to me what an employee is, because we don't fucking know. Millennials don't understand what an employee is. Like, like most millennials are perpetual freelancers. Like we are gig economy workers. We are fire at will. We don't know what the fuck it is to be an employee. And like you said, we don't know what the fuck a weekend is. And we really don't know what the fuck 40 hours is. Because either you're working more than that under what you're supposed to be paid or you're not getting that and you can't eat. So fuck you, Crip Keeper. I'm so glad this is good. I'm going to have my self on video. I want everybody to see all these fuck. Fuck you. As far as what Adolf Reed I'm talking about is... <laughs> Yeah, you know, like it's it's so obvious now what they're talking about now. It's just like it's, they don't even give a fuck no more, man. They don't even care. Like they they just talking about class in a way where they don't bring the racial dynamic into it. Like that, the racial dynamic never existed. They try to say like it was a racial dynamic back then. It doesn't exist now. And this is the way that well, remember like without addressing that is the racial that racial dynamic never got taken care of. So they do the same thing the right wing does. The right way act like. All right, it was slavery that was over, and now we're dealing with just people when they married now, without like the baggage of that, you know, this the racism and discrimination and slavery. Like, so the left wing does that same thing too in a class way, where it was like we all was poor, but then it was like, well, the poor white dude was not a chattel slave. If I'm like, it was a poor white dude working on a plantation next to a chattel slave, but he was a poor white dude though. Not saying right. that his condition wasn't fucked up. Not saying that he, you feel me, like the society failed him, but he was not a chattel slave. And if he was the final way through this crooked ass system to get enough money, he can possibly rent or buy chattel slaves by law. Right. You know what I mean? Like it. So, so the dynamic is different. So, like, you don't bring that up. 
you confuse the whole shit and you try to just make it seem like when you talk about black shit is wrong because when Kamala Harris talks about something, because my average is me, look, I'm about to blow up a country, but I'm a black woman. See, that's the reason we get at CBC and I'm fucking because they fuck our politics up. Like, you fuck and again, John, John, you're late to the party. At the very beginning of this episode, he started okay. off by saying that we shouldn't consider history and that history doesn't matter. So everything yeah. that they're doing <laughs> right. gets you to that conclusion by disregarding everything that happened with history. So if this is the case, let's do that with everything. Like, what do we need women's rights for, right? You know, everybody's better now. We don't need laws. We don't, Why do we need we labor need rights then? Yeah, you know. Right. Right. Like, you're talking about feudalism. You're talking about the 1930s when you had a... Fuck Why do we need that? child labor laws? Like, everybody knows Burn it's up. bad to exploit kids. History ain't happened. It's not that big of a deal. Let's talk about what happened now. Let's not talk about what your granddaddy and your dad. Let's, not, let's talk about. See that? That's different though. You see that? Because America, America, we very, we very young individuals. We barely, we very down to our right. really individualism and our community and anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's a way to kind of downplay race issues. You know, <laughs> let's downplay race issues. I feel you. All right, let me play this some more, John, because I need some more libation. So, uh, not. Uh, well, actually, no, I will make one comment about, uh, I mean, history is the basis for, for, for tort claims. That if you really uh, examine it the right way, uh, what, what you can show pretty quickly is that everybody would have some version of that tort claim, right? Except the, the you know, ten, tenth of a one percent, because all working people have been fucked over. And, and and they weren't fucked over in ways that were pretty, right? So, I mean, uh, and it's just a losing game. If you go back to like the candy thing, now you got me doing it. Totally, you know. This is the Thatcher totally thing, You started it, Thatcher. It's actually totally on you. Um, so I never should have done this show. But the thing about me <laughs> is that if you go back to sort of like the idea of either everything you're doing is either racist or anti-racist, you're just going to stop doing, you know, the racist stuff. Mm-hmm. Reframe that. Everything you do is either capitalist or anti-capitalist. You just got to stop doing the capitalist stuff. It is not possible. Right. You know, yeah. no one imagines it's possible. Right. All the kind of like bullshit moralism and and the both and part, you know, comes out in yeah. You can sort of like move away from the racism part. You right. can stop doing this. You can think about it. Every time you buy something, every time you go to your job, every time you do everything that we do every day. That is capitalism. Right. And you recognize that actually, no matter what you do about it, only organizing something that will at least fight capitalism and in principle might destroy. White people can't stop being racist because it's the same as you having to put gas in your car to get to work. It's the same as you having to go to the grocery store to get food to participate in capitalism. If you smoke cigarettes, being racist is the same thing. You cannot stop being racist the same way you cannot stop eating Breathing, drinking. No, no, no. You got to think about it seriously, though. Like, racism is intrinsic to whiteness. Fair point. Like, you literally have to be able to be racist in order to commit yourself to whiteness. Like, so you have to make space for that racist, for that latent racism that you have to have in order to be white. So, yeah. They really do need, that's why every time, that's why they make spaces for Nazis. Yeah, that's because why he just, he just literally said, 
being anti-racist is the same thing as you having to be anti-capitalist in a cap. So he's basically saying being anti-racist in a racist society is the same as you having to be anti-capitalist in a capitalist society. Thank yes. you, white man. He made our point and didn't even realize it. Mud, go. Mud, I know you got something for this shit. Well, Mud. I mean, I, I just think it's it's crazy because um, he's saying essentially there's no way to eliminate these things in the world. But he will spend all of his time coming up with ways to try to, to eliminate capitalism. That's, that's his whole goal. But when it comes to racism, he criticizes anyone who has the goal of trying to eliminate racism. Even if we can't accomplish that goal, like that's something that we should be working towards. But for some reason, they think that they could tell us that that's not, that's not feasible while at the same time saying that their, their goal isn't feasible, but they're going to try to do it anyways. Anybody else? <laughs> at the end of the day, though, uh, I want to piggyback on what Mud was talking about uh, as far as when it comes to, um, I mean, when, I guess when it comes to this, 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 this uh, current uh, re- radiation of the left or whatever like that, the way That's that they the talk left. about yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, what'd, you, that, what'd you say? What'd you like? Fuck lefties too. And he was like, fuck. "Oh no, sorry, I'm getting my penny inch tape on." Forget. Nah, man, fuck them. By the end of the day, like, because we know why though. Because it's like you supposed to be. I feel like the thing about the lefty. Well, when it comes to like basically our politicians, like they use the politics that we have, basically the tokenism against us, like. Now, I mean, based off of this kind of system that we have, where it's like you, you put these black shining faces in front of us, and you feel me like it's a way to keep us asleep, and it's a fucking, it's a way to, for them to have fuel to like, look at them, they look just like you, they ain't do nothing for you, you know what I mean? Like this is why race ain't shit. So, so, so at the end of the day, like the same reason that the, the Republicans see that the, the failure of Barack Obama fuel with the Republicans and the right wing as much as the fuel with the left wing. It was like the same thing. Like, look at that. Like, see that? You black people got a black person that's president. You need to shut the fuck up. And the left wing was like, see that? It's a black person that's president. He like a Republican. You need to shut the yes, fuck up. No Mitch, Mitch, Mitch McConnell no told us that Mitch McConnell. Was it Mitch McConnell? No, what's the other one? Yep. What's the dude that looks. What's, is it Mitch McConnell? Is that the one that Turtle? looks like from fuck? It was. Who told us that Barack Obama was his reparation, so his wife is Chinese. Mitch McConnell. And I'm like, That's Mitch McConnell. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Barack Obama is our reparations, like your Chinese wife is Japanese people's reparations. How about that? So, <laughs> this is talk about power analysis. This is about an absence of fear where there has to be fear. And so we talked about Sam in a couple a couple of um, uh, tapings ago. I talked about the topic, um, you know, whether or not there is such a thing as disposable white liberals. And I think this is case in point. When somebody like Baby Steven Spielberg says, "It's not possible for me to not be racist," the response has to be like, "Okay, bet." Like, okay, that's fine. So you've picked which which list you want to be on. Like, you're like, I want, I, I prefer to not be aligned with the people who are doing actual anti-racist work. And so the issue, the issue is, once again, it's resources and power. We don't need him. We need a very small number. What we, what we have to accomplish is uh, passing a real reparate, reparations bill, a real bill about reparative justice. 
and we need a number of white people. None of them have to be these intellectuals on YouTube. And they, they, you know, they're not going to call their congressman anyway. The people we need are people who are like, okay, I understand someone who's going to watch this and say what they're saying makes sense to me, who, who are going to be moved by Joey's story, understand your analysis, understand what we're, what we've been talking about all through this and say, what can I do? You're right. This isn't, we need reparations. Call your congressman. That's not a large number of new white people we need. The numbers are pretty good right now. If you look at like how many percent think that reparations is necessary and all that, um, what that means to me is some form of fashion, we need to convey to these people that they're disposable. Their left isn't the left anymore. They have ceased being the left. The left are people who are lining up behind reparative justice. Everything else is just your, it's your shtick. It's like you're, you're kind of like, you know, you want to be nice to people, but you want to get paid. And whatever it's going to take for that to happen, you, you'll say whatever it is. And mostly it's like, oh, I like everybody. Because you're in like a liberal institution. You're at a university, you're at a public house, you're at a foundation. So you don't go in there and talk racist right wing stuff. You talk like soft racism. You talk liberal racism. Like, let's give everyone an opportunity. But then you never actually give the people who y'all kind of hate, you know, in secret an opportunity and no one complains about it. We just need the numbers. We just need the votes. And we need that momentum to be visible. And we need to somehow convey to these people when they say, it's, it's like, you know, it's like telling me I can't eat anymore or I can't breathe the air anymore. We have to convey to them, you have made it clear that you cannot stop being a racist white person. And we have heard you duly noted. And that's it. And, and, and in some way, the consequences of that have to also be clear. Because on the other side of this, baby Steven Spielberg's video is forever. So on the other side of reparations, when black folks can actually fund television stations and universities and start to build the intellectual infrastructure that institutions is, like he was talking about exactly then baby steven spielberg is only still going to have youtube left because nobody is going to have resources that's going to want and so people need to understand that reparations is real and there are going to be real consequences all right, let's get back to this. This is the thing about the Jacobin videos. They videos be like 15 minutes and it takes three hours because they say a lot of nothing, but they make you want to get out here and... We all mean. hate them. We, we know. We, we, hate, <laughs> we, we, we thoroughly hate these niggas. These niggas is the fucking worst. No, these but see, the thing worst. about it is like people who've listened to this show, y'all heard me angry. Y'all heard me pop off. Jacobin makes me want to law-abiding citizen. <laughs> It was you with me. You want to tighten up? Me. Like capitalism, that's part of what it is to be anti-capitalist. It has nothing to do with like you know where you buy, who you buy from, who you work for. Nothing like that. None of that can 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 get you out of it. You can't you can't wish your way out of it. You can't imagine your way out of it. You can't produce a kind of etiquette for your way out of it. Right. The whole point of anti-racism is that it gives you stuff. No, you can do it every day of your life. You know, you can actually stop being racist this way. You can stop being racist that way. You can follow the whole Kennedy D'Angelo catechism. 
And that just actually, you know, removes it from the realm of political economy or returns it to political economy only in the way that it's something your boss makes you do when he makes you have to read those stupid books and sit through that training and say the things they want you to say. And you're saying, and you're doing all that stuff. Why? Because whether you're racist or not racist, you sure as hell are a worker in a capitalist economy. Right. You have no choice. Actually, I just want to say, I think that Robin D'Angelo says that uh, fighting racism is never done and you can never complete it, which is why, of course, you have to keep buying her seminars. Yeah, because racists like Jen Pan and because Jen Pan was on the panel when we did, what were those boring ass people who are, um, who are culturally appropriating the Chapo Trap House? And she was like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, you just got to keep buying her book and da, 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 da. you don't have to spend $10,000 to go to her seminar on her website. She has a whole list of resources for free. Go on her website. Don't even buy the bitch's book. How about that? I hate you. Go ahead, John. Now, I ain't want to cut you off though. I want you, I want you no, to keep going. I, just want, I want the people wow. to know that Jen Penn, because people was like, yo, who is this lady? Is this a white lady talking on it? No, that lady you see in the corner screen. Oh, every Jacobin video they got to do a race specifically when it talks about black Americans for some reason like Jen Penn is at the head of this video laughing so happy as hell to do, do some anti-black shit. that's all I got to say like so on the, on the El Chapo video we did a year ago Jim Pan was the lady talking about <laughs> Robin Anderson was talking about race she's like <laughs> that was Jim Pan trying to do some class production shit that's all I got to say yeah all right, are we ready to keep playing? I need, but um, that's uh, not true. <laughs> I knew a couple of heroin uh, dealers like that back. Right. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, just another note on the on the history part. I mean, what's so frustrating about this moment is like all the when people are drawing on history, it's all the wrong lessons are being mm -hmm. taken. I mean, thinking about that, the Angela quote about you know, it's a white people's responsibility to end racism. Doesn't that fly in the face of the whole civil rights movement? Fuck you. I mean, please imagine if that was Fuck you. No, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, you Trinidadian white man. You fuck you, you Trinidadian white man. Don't talk about the fucking civil rights movement when your bitch ass family wasn't even in that shit. Fuck you. Fuck your couch. Fuck your 70 year old daddy. Fuck all that shit. That's how I feel. Fuck you. Fuck your couch. Fuck your baby. Fuck them kids. Fuck the kids? Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, Let's start off there. Talking uh, about learning all the wrong lessons. What wrong lessons are we learning? Yes, labor movements in the past were racist. Yes, the New Deal was racist. What are the takeaways that we should get from this? White people, stop cutting off your nose to spite your face. That's the lesson. If you <laughs> would stop fighting Negroes and fight the system, we would all have a better way of life. But you telling Negroes to sit around and take crumbs from the table so you can have a bigger crumb is bullshit and you can go fuck yourself. 13%, well, at the time, we would say maybe 11% of the population, it was their responsibility to end the racism of the greater population. 
not the responsibility of the greater population to actually treat people fairly. No, mud. it was our job to sit and wait for white saviors to come and save us instead of doing, because he's basically saying, well, you know, if, if it's white people's job to end racism, why do we have the civil rights movement? Because white people wouldn't end racism. Yeah, I mean, I get that point, but it's like, yeah, we were actively trying to change our situation, but that situation wasn't a result of our action. It was a result of the greatest society and they needed to stop what they were doing. Like it, it was their responsibility to end racism at like, however you want to cut it. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that we, we weren't involved in the fight or that we haven't been fighting for our rights this whole time. I'm not trying to negate that point. I'm just saying like, you can't then put the response, like all the, all of that responsibility for all of the, this, the, the whole situation of our society on us to fix like that's craziness anybody else because it's beyond fucking craziness it really frustrates me when anybody makes uh black any attempt at black american progress to be about ending racism like oh well you want reparations so you want to end racism i don't give a fuck about racism fuck white people and the racism not you, you don't want to change that like, you don't want to change ones. 70 year old grandma's mind so they believe that you're human and they stop saying nigger you don't want or to stop the 85-year-old. Or 13 year olds oh, that play damn, Xbox. I don't care. Up. I have written you all off. If you cool, then be cool. If you not, then don't be. I don't give a fuck. I can fight. Beyond that, <laughs> like, we gonna do what we gonna do. I'm American just like you. I got Second Amendment rights just like you. I am every bit as dangerous as you think you are. So beyond that, so I have no investment in this concept of race relations or ending racism. No. You want to be racist, be racist amongst your own people and don't bring that shit to the public square. However, America owes. They ain't got shit to do with you and your racism. You don't like black people? Okay, just don't like black people in your house. They ain't got shit to do with the fact that America owe me a check. And I'm coming to get my check. <laughs> hey, hey, Killmonger. Hey, Killmonger. So are you saying for any white person or any person of color who doesn't understand when we say you're going to pay what you owe to YouTube, Boondocks, Riley, Santa Claus, pay what you owe. What are you doing? I'm writing a letter to Santa. Dear Santa, you are a bitch nigga. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Dear Santa, you are a bitch ass nigga. I heard the mall is hiring extra security to protect you. That's a bitch move, Santa. I'm coming for that ass again until you pay what you owe. Sincerely yours, the Santa stock. That's it. And it ain't even Dear about white Santa. people. Like, it, it ain't even about racist for that matter. Like, if you want to be racist, just get out of my way. I don't care if you're somewhere in some hick town in Alabama. I'm not pulling up. And you ain't pulling up to Detroit. You stay where you at, I stay where I'm at. Or we can get real American around this <laughs> <laughs> And I love how you keep yeah, saying real American. Yeah. I mean, imagine if that was the perspective of, of African Americans. My life. view is a loser's game. Try to say problem is they're drawing the wrong lessons from history. We should go back and 
do this other thing and get them to draw the right lessons from history. Yeah. Now you can do that in the classroom, you know, but you're where you may be doing anti-racist work, but you're not organizing, right? That's for like, and we're professors, so uh, when I'm in the classroom, I totally try and tell the truth about the history. And you do it in your writing about the history as well. But actually, if you want to organize people to do what is in what you think and what you hope they will think is their best interest, correcting them about what the real account of the past is seems to me fourth or fifth down the, down, down, down the road. Uh, line of what's important. What's important is getting them to see what it is they need. The degree to what it is they need can be only gotten if it's something that we all need. And we all got to get together to get it. So, so what we need is free college when less than twenty percent of Black Americans no, when less than twenty percent of Black people born in America have college degrees, not Adolf. Black people born in this country. My homegirl is first generation Ghanaian American. She has a bachelor's degree and a graduate degree. So we don't know what the ADOS number is. So he's just like, we should just ignore all that. Less than 50% of white people have college degrees. Let's say I'm a 45 year old white man with some kids. I work, I do okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wealthy, but, you know, I got a house. My kids, you know, we live in a decent neighborhood. They're not in private school, but they're okay. So what is it, what's in it for me? Like, this is my issue, right? Like, the policies that they're talking about, okay, so my kids can go to college for free, but if I still don't have enough money to help my kids in between that process, they may still drop out. This is my thing. I just don't understand what they're trying to do. It's just like, so let's dismiss race. We're going to talk about class, but we're not going to talk about what policies would really bail out poor white people. But fuck history. I don't understand what this man is trying to do. I need help. I'm lost. Can anybody help me? I'm lost. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, explain what he's doing or what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that... uh defund the police was a bad slogan and we should stop saying it okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to them negroes no more i, I don't want to hear it no more i don't uh, you ain't gotta <laughs> listen to them we ain't trying to hear this identity politic they're gonna figure out a way to cancel out black people talking they're gonna figure out some kind of way to do it yeah they're gonna do it they're gonna do it that shit is crazy. I, I you know, so I totally understand the frustration with people just flat out, A, telling it wrong. I mean, it's like... Sorry, my bad, y'all. I didn't mean to hit that. But yeah, he was no, just dog whistling. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just oh, saying yeah, he was just sure. dog whistling to the left, telling them they don't have to... It's okay that they're not racist for not listening to Black people about Black people stuff. And like, mm-hmm. the whole thing with like, everybody keeps talking about there's an intersection with race in class. I'm like, well, yeah... Where? In America, race is class. But the thing about it is, though, like when it comes to talking about race and class in America, I'm trying to tell you, like, it's a whole bunch of poor European immigrants that came here at a time where, tell me, like, the first, the first wave came with, there was hardcore slavery before the country was formed. Then the country was formed, 1776, early 1800s, before the 1820s. 
another wave of immigrants, hardcore slavery, going to slave. 1820s and 30s, all right, so you can't stop bringing Negroes to America, quote unquote, we, it's illegal, but they still was doing it. Hardcore slavery, <laughs> and it was still, but they still were using like uh, immigrants that were newly immigrants to kind of build other functions where they, if I mean, where slavery was not needed, but it still was, but you still could legally own a slave, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think they came over in 1840 as an Irish immigrant. Or and it wasn't Irish just that. Greek immigrant. He had enough money, you could buy a nigga. At the end of the hey, day, let, you could buy, hey, similar, let, let me interject this one point, yeah, fam, like, yeah, it no, wasn't probably. just, it wasn't just, that you could buy a black person, right? It was that black people by law were subject to your will, even if you didn't own them. So it was like black people were your subjects. They were your, you were royalty in comparison to them. Creating that culture amongst every, all of the groups that came here is how we got this systemic racism. That's how everybody just allows it to happen. And whenever we speak up about it, we finally get the eyes of the world on it. And it's like, we it worked for a few months. And now they're like, oh, that George Floyd energy is starting to die out. Yeah, it's time for y'all to shut the fuck up now. <laughs> you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right, man. That shit is sad, man. It's fucked up. But I just feel like, but I just feel like when they bring into, when they talk about American capitalism in a certain way, they try to act like after 1965, after MLK died, this was like a new, well, it was like surface racism and all the structural racism was gone. They, basically what they try to say, the structural racism was gone now. You passed all these bills and they were gone now. But you gotta say they passed all these bills before Martin Luther King died. And then they burned them cities up after he died because they like, yo, yeah, that's the reason why in 1971, you were in Boston trying to go to another school and you got the Rosedale, dreaming the Rosedale in the Northeast talking about some, like even desegregating my school. These are European immigrants that never owned it. Remember, these people that, you have the same for people that never owned a quote unquote slave or sold. They was about to kill niggas for trying to go to the school where they live at, where European immigrants live at. It wasn't like a hardcore, this is white supremacy. This shit is crazy. I'm like, no, it's school choice. Like I said, like this shit is crazy. Somebody in the Northeast, like, and then you got towns in Mississippi that ain't really get my tell me they get integrated until like 2019. <laughs> but not really. Even to this day, the shit is still racist down there. You know what I mean? You like, have people that have been just released crazy, from bondage bro. of slavery that we know of into the late 1990s in Mississippi. So let's not okay. Yeah. Shit is crazy, man. You know what I mean? Like I know who my grandmother is. Like I know who my great grandmother is and my parents is like. And I knew what he was before I got into this, and now I really, I ain't gonna lie, I, I got, I'm like, I really had to get an understanding, like, what the fuck? I'm like, real shit, like, you gotta understand, it's like, yo, my, my, my great great grandmother moved from fucking South Carolina, damn near, like I say, 20 years after slavery, like, my mother's, my mother was raised by somebody whose mother was a slave, like, but not my great grandmother, my great great grandmother, which is like, my three, if I mean, basically her great grandma, that's my two times great great grandma. Well, for me, her, her mother was born a slave. Like, you know what I mean? Her mother was born a slave. And I didn't really understand the gravity of what that meant. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? I don't know. I, I know one thing. I know Steven Spielberg Jr. on some bullshit. They don't read on they bullshit. Jacobin is back on they bullshit. We got him. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. We, like, we got Chicago gay because he from Chi-Town. Like, he already know. 
Yeah, I already know you see you. I already know you see black suffering. Yeah, I mean, if you here oh. with us, or you understand oh, at a certain level. Real shit. Let's, uh, let's fight into the last few minutes of this shit Not so bad. we can get finished up. No, it's just uh, late where y'all are. Y'all on the East Coast. And, you know, so I totally understand the frustration where people are just flat out, A, telling it wrong. I mean, it's like, you know, a penis cartoon, whoever so old, whoever was the person who always said everything wrong in that. So, yeah, you got a bunch of people out there. I mean, my God, I'm an academic. You make your living by pointing out how people are a lot more respectable than Ibram Kendi actually say things that are wrong, you sort of correct them. Right. But you don't imagine that in doing so, you're organizing a politics. You imagine in doing so that you're getting your article published and the three graduate students who read it will realize that you were right and they were wrong. Right. It's fine, you know, but it's not politics. Right. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I want to add one, one thing to that point, too, too. I was thinking about it anyway. Like This is another pathology of how people think about history. Right. And this one is more on the left. Smart people who have expertise or at least commitments uh, that to immerse themselves in some uh, facets of the past. Right. Um, who can read, who also think that you read history to learn how to guide uh, or how to make sense of current problems and how to guide practice. That's just as dangerous as the torch stuff in a different way, right? Um, <laughs> so, wait. Hey, yo, he literally So learning from history is dangerous? Oh, my God. <laughs> end, of, end of TED Talk. Who's ready to end the night? Oh, great. End of yeah, TED Talk. Yeah, that was Drop the, the mic. Drop <laughs> the mic. Go ahead, Mud. What you got? Nah, that was just the wildest shit I've heard out of all this shit. That, well, they said a bunch of wild shit in this fucking show, but God damn, we just like, we're really just throwing away history. Like, as, as something that tells us about what is actually happening, like, today. <laughs> we're just throwing out that whole concept. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm like really speechless because there's no logical argument to, that you can make to make sense of this. Like, it, it's just craziness. Yo, fuck the scientific method. This shit be crazy. I got nothing. I don't even want to keep going. What? I got nothing. I We've been at this for what two and a half? Are we done? Like we yeah, can keep. I, I, I know we got done. like five more minutes, <laughs> but I'm done. I feel like this is a mic drop. It's but it's, if you decide you want to finish the last like five minutes on a bitter dose, but no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm done. Final thoughts? I don't even have final thoughts. The left, you need to hire better. Um. What are we calling them now? Anything. Negro whisperers. You need a new Tom, Thomas Soul. You need a new Candace Owens. You need to upgrade because. You need a new Asian bitch. I said. Corey. He was always trash. He just, <laughs> I'm saying, like, this is just insulting at this point. This is as insulting as Captain Planet dialogue. <laughs> The shit that kills me the most about this 
is that if you talk to any communist or socialist, they're always going to revert to talking to about the uh, 1920s the 1930s, right. the heyday. A hundred years ago. Yeah, right. the heyday of when like communists were White actually people had a good life. power in this fucking country. Right. Like, because they have to talk about that because they don't have any recent wins. Before the McCarthy like, scare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's right. like... <laughs> no, like, you're right. Insane. insane. And they, they love bringing up the New Deal as, like, they love talking about history, labor history, when they could use it to, to you know, um, back up their claims. But like they only want to talk, like they only want to talk like this to shut down any conversation we're having about our situation in this country and our justice claim. That's all this shit is. I think that's right, Mud. You know, um, Walter just before uh, what's his name said, uh, history didn't matter. Walter was like, "What we're saying doesn't matter." Like you listen to him, and he's like, "Really, all we're doing is publishing something so three people can read it and know we're right." So I just had to sit and listen to you for however long that was so that at the end you could say it's not important anyway. It's it's like a game to them. And it is a game because mm-hmm. they go home live, and they live comfortable and everything's fine and they don't see what we see and they don't have to go to the funerals and they don't have to, you know, check on their friends who have breakdowns and all that other stuff. They don't deal with the depression, the hypertension, you know, the psychological and physical stuff. But here's the thing. Even in the most kind of dire reparations polls, you still get like two thirds of Democrats in favor of reparations. Now, like as stupid as people are, and and the numbers do end up being like mostly uh, black folks, and then a certain amount of Latinos, whatever. And so you get down to the white people, and it might only be twenty percent of white Democrats or something like that. That's all you need if you have sixty yep, percent of that's agreeing on anything so we're already in a pretty good position what we don't have is the the organization to put that up on a map we don't have the chapters to communicate we don't have the infrastructure to say all right look y'all we have these are the numbers most of these people are in wherever california georgia mississippi wherever they are so you're going to start you're going to be the people who call your congressman. We're going to start explaining why the Darity bill is the bill we're pursuing, not the garbage that you got in there already and why they're going to support that. And you, we just start, we just do the work. All the rest of this is exactly what Mud just said. It's a distraction. And it's almost like, you know, um, I'm old enough that I have children who are old enough that you know, you catch them in a lie and they've done enough of a wrong thing, you know, their teens are older, that they start to talk a certain kind of way, you know, and they're getting nervous and they're starting to contradict themselves and sound silly. And they're like, no, I mean that, no, that happened. That's what this is. They're just talking. It's like, they just are trying to keep us distracted long enough that no one does some math, some lobbying, some outreach and makes, something actually change because once you make something change without them who's going to listen to these people anything Mm -hmm. like this just like there's days where i have hope and there's days where i listen to people that y'all think are thought leaders and i read the comments and i'm just like 
let the village burn. Like, I don't know what else to say. So anybody got anything? Gabriel, you got anything? Anybody got anything before he closes this up? Because I'm burnt. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, I'm that's done. It. I'm no, sorry. I think that's it. Burn it up. All right. Well, thank you for another for tuning into another episode of Reset Race. Leftists, y'all in trouble. For those of y'all who don't want to see the world burn, I don't know what's gonna happen because y'all representatives is terrible. That's it. That's all I got. Listening to Reset Race, you now tuned in the Reset Race. Uh, uh. You're listening to Reset Race, you're now tuned in the Reset Race. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Back on the grill again, we grilling them. You're listening to Reset Race, Adels need reparations to make America great. You're tuned in the Reset Race, we no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No. You're listening to Reset Race, we focused on our justice claim, we know what is at stake, uh, you're tuned in to Reset Race, you'll find out we really done justice and really who think, on the edge, go back to U.S. Southern plantations, Pennies, Jim Crow, and mass incarceration, redlining lynchings, we are old from this nation, not about justice if you ain't for reparations, MG the wise one, cousin mother intellectual, Samantha bringing fire, anti-black, we pressing you, no permanent friends and no permanent Enemies, the backbone of the country, the way you need our energy. Ah. Go on, see. Listening to Reset Race, you now tuned in the Reset Race. Uh, uh. You're listening to Reset Race, you now tuned in the Reset Race. Uh, put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Back on the grill again. We grilling them. Uh. You're listening to Reset Race. Adels need reparations to make America great. You're tuned in to Reset Race. We no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No. You're listening to Reset Race. We focused on our justice claim. We know what is at stake. You're tuned in to Reset Race. You'll find out we really about justice and really who think. Until you do right by me, everything you think about is going to crumble.